Hi everyone, Samir and Samit here, and welcome back to our F1 podcast. Today we'll be talking about the 2023 Spanish Grand Prix. And this was actually a pretty exciting race for once, and I think that's due to the new track changes. Yeah, um, so if you didn't hear, for this um year's race at the Spanish GP, they removed that ugly final chicane. Yeah. And so that meant it would be two really fast right-handers to end out the um lap. And so we saw then in the race that that added a lot more overtaking opportunities yeah, down the definitely. front straight. Yeah. There's also this new thing that we would see in the free practices. There's actually a bump on the very last corner, which the drivers never noticed last year because you're coming so slowly last year when the chicane was there. But now that you're going almost flat out in the previous corners, now you actually notice the bump there. So all the drivers would were noticing that now, and that played an important role in setups. Yeah, it caused a lot of issues for some drivers too. Like uh, It caught a lot of drivers out unexpected, like we'll explain later on. But um, yeah. just another thing to negotiate. But a lot of, it had a lot of mixed reviews. Like some drivers, like I think Lando Norris was saying it's going to be like he wouldn't like it, he said at first, because it would be a lot more strain on the neck and stuff. But then Lewis Hamilton said he would like it because um, he thinks it would make racing a lot better. So a lot of mixed re- um, reviews going into yeah. it. But I think overall it was a great addition from the race organizers. Yeah. So moving on into FP1 then, uh, Max Verstappen once again in red-hot form at the moment, just looking quicker and quicker, and he had the fastest time of the session so far, on this, even on this new track layout, which I think would suit the Red Bulls even more, just because there's just more pace coming from them. But immediately we saw the previous lap records being shattered, mm-hmm. just as because of how quick the new track was. So just people were constantly setting new lap records and everything. But it was just, FP1 was mostly just about the drivers getting used to the new layout of this track. Yeah, gaining confidence, obviously, because with the simulations and stuff, you can take that um new corner flat out, but then you'd have to lift off in the final corner. Yeah. And so drivers were just getting more and more confidence. But um we saw drivers like Sergio Perez yeah. and Lando Norris both complaining about porpoising going into that final corner because of that bump yeah Yeah. because of the bump and so um teams would have to like change setups to negotiate that final corner to allow the drivers to get as much speed as they can coming out of that corner yeah we saw mclaren once again running their triple crown livery this weekend in spain just as they did in monaco so it's always nice to see that but of course not nice to see on the Alpine, when we saw Esteban Ocon into the final corner, he lost a bit of body work, just running slightly wide off of that curb, onto that double curb is what that's called, the green and then the red, and he just lost a little bit of body work, so that's not what he needed, but he was soon back um, running and setting good laps again. Yeah, Barcelona has a lot of really, um, really like big curbs, and so what that does is like even if you go a little bit wide, that will definitely hurt your underbody, your floor of your car. And so you would see a lot of drivers like um, careful not to go over um, the track limits. But also because the FIA are being really strict about it this weekend to make sure drivers don't get unfair advantages. They were really strict on that all weekend through all the practice, qualifying yeah. and the race. 
Yeah, we also saw an incident in FP1 between Pierre Gasly and Logan Sargent um, into that corner that was remodeled in 2021, right off of the end of the second DRS straight. So I guess Gasly just tried to go up the inside of Sargent, but Sargent didn't see Gasly at all in the mirrors. So they came close together and touched a little bit, but there wasn't too much damage at all. Sargent just reported he touched with Gasly, so, and there was luckily no damage at all. So they both got away with that one. Yeah, and now also going on to the person who was in um, also really hot form this season, Fernando Alonso, yeah. who again looked decently quick, although he was almost a second off the pace set by Max Verstappen in FP1. Alonso finished sixth. And but his teammate Lance Stroll finished all the way down in fifteenth. So it was kind of what we've been seeing all season. But yeah. um, Alonso had been um a bit slower than we'd normally seen in the um previous races. So it was a little bit doubt of how good Fernando Alonso would be um after this FP one session. Yeah. But um he said it was just because um he was getting used to the new tracks and everything. So there were still hopes in the Aston Martin garage that Alonso could do well in his home race. Yeah, so at the end of FP1 then, it was Max Verstappen who finished in P1 ahead of Sergio Perez, Esteban Ocon in really good form after his podium in Monaco. So now he's finished third here. Then surprisingly, Nick De Vries is up in P4. That's what he needed to give him some good confidence so that he can continue his, so that he can get into a good run of form. So that he can keep his Alpha Tauri seat. Then it was Pierre Gasly in fifth, Alonso sixth, Magnus in seventh, Leclerc eighth, Sainz ninth, and George Russell in tenth in FP1. Yeah, and also one thing too is that Sainz was the car that was running the upgrades in FP1, so yeah. he was the only one with the upgraded parts. Leclerc didn't have them, and so that was the that was so that Ferrari could um use Leclerc as a basis to Sainz to see how well the upgrades would actually compare. And then after that, in FP2, um, both cars received the upgrades. Yeah. So moving on into FP2 then, once again, Max Verstappen was just absolutely flying. And he set another fastest lap with a time of a 113.9. So he was just in super form in that Red Bull car and on the soft tires. It just looked like no one was going to be able to stop him. People got close, but they couldn't really get close enough. So Verstappen was just... um. He he's even joking on the radio about hearing Helmet Marco's phone while his engineer was trying to talk to him. So he's just enjoying life right now, driving an F one car. Nothing's really phasing him at the moment, and rightly so. Yeah, exactly. We saw this too, like with Lewis Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton's dominance, Sebastian Vettel's dominance, yeah. even Michael Schumacher. Yeah, just drivers when they get into this type of zone, they're just enjoying it. Of course, it's not good for the people who are trying to catch up, but. Um, it's definitely good if you're the team and the driver enjoying all of it. Mm-hmm. So Fernando Alonso, he actually stepped it up this session too. He finished in P2 this session. That's more behind, like it. Yeah, behind um, Max Verstappen by one-tenth of a second too. So it wasn't that big of a gap. So he did get close. But obviously, and especially on a, his home race where everyone wanted him to get that next win, everyone was um chanting 33. this weekend, 33, yeah. So he could get win number 33. Um, But yeah, um, we would just have to wait and see because at the moment, um, the Red Bulls just look really quick. Yeah, but the for me, the um shock of the session and 
probably one of the greatest um, performances this session, although be it an FP2 session, Nico Hulkenberg bringing yeah. his Haas up to P3. What yeah. an incredible um, lap he had to bring him up to P3. Just two Definitely, tenths off yeah. for Stappen in that Haas car. I mean, yes, a lot of cars don't have, um, aren't doing the same run plans as um, the Haas team probably, but it was still really nice to see Hulkenberg up in P3. Although I don't think um, the Haas really is that quick around here because Kevin Magnussen in the same car, he finished down in 15th. And yeah. so Hulkenberg, I mean, probably just that was his one lap greatness showing there. But um, I think it might be a bit lower where Haas would expect to be. Yeah. We saw an incident between George Russell and Oscar Piastri at the same corner where Sargent and Gasly came together. Um, Russell was just right behind Piastri and Piastri was on the racing line. So Russell had to like kind of avoid it and counter it and he just locked his rear axles and he went straight into the gravel. But luckily he was able to keep the engine going and he didn't stall out his car so luckily he was able to keep going. Yeah, and before that, we saw, again, Sainz running a bit wide, and then yeah. that caused him to scratch the floor of his car. So the um he had to pit and for his engineers to check that. And so, again, just the Barcelona curves punishing drivers who go a bit too wide. Yeah, there was also a piece of bodywork that flew off of Norris's car down the main straight, but um it wasn't too severe. And we also saw another driver, Logan Sargent, going wide, um... At that, right at the right before the new corner where the old chicane was that turn he just after the very long right hander he just ran wide and he clipped the gravel but he didn't lose the rear end he was able to keep going and he also tried to get racy with the hass of um nico hulkenberg into turn one but hulkenberg was having none of it and he just kept his foot to the floor around the outside of sergeant and that was that yeah. but so, in the end it was max verstappen um, who finished P1 ahead of Fernando Alonso and Nico Hulkenberg in third. So great laps from the Aston Martin and Haas drivers. Then yeah. Sergio Perez came fourth ahead of Esteban Ocon. And then the two Ferraris, sixth and seventh, Leclerc ahead of Sainz, followed by George Russell, eighth, Valtteri Bottas, ninth, and Pierre Gasly, tenth in his Alpine. And Russell, eighth, and Hamilton, eleventh. That was not a good session for Mercedes, especially when they brought upgrades to this track. Yeah, but moving on into FP3 then, right before qualifying, this is then where we saw some true pace, and this is where we saw a competitive leaderboard. But during this session, there were some changing conditions, and during those changing conditions, we saw Logan Sargent um, clip the um, curb at the entry of the very last corner, the corner that now has the bump, Sargent was trying to take it flat out and he clipped the curb and he went into the gravel and shunted his Williams into the um, wall there. So not at all what he needed. Um, after some pretty, let's say, not great performances so far this weekend, yeah. um, crashing right before qualifying is not at all what you need as a driver to keep your confidence up. And also it puts pressure on the mechanics because they have to get that car turned around yeah. in time for qualifying. Yeah, it wasn't too bad of a shunt, so he, he would be able to take part in qualifying, but he would not get that extra bit of running in FP3. Mm -hmm. uh, but in FP3, we did see a lot of good running from the Mercedes of Lewis Hamilton, who was trying to um, do his best to show those upgrades, and those upgrades did show 
in FP3 because Hamilton yeah. finished third and Russell finished sixth. So it was a good session from the Mercedes, although the Red Bulls still look to be flying out in front, Verstappen ahead of Perez. And we saw even one of them trying to um do some slipstream tests by yeah. um staying behind Hamilton's Mercedes to see how the toe worked down the um front straight. And it would be yeah. really powerful around here, especially now with those two fast right-handers for the final two turns. Yeah. So DRS would help a lot. Yeah, towards the end of the session, it start. It did start raining, and we did see some cars like um one of the McLarens of um, Lando Norris going out on the intermediate tires. So um there was just a, there was enough rain for inters, but definitely not full wets. But we saw this, um Stroll on the intermediate tires. Yeah. He went off at um what was it? He went off at it was turn five, and so. It wasn't too wet, yeah. but it was in that phase where it was just too dry for the inters. Yeah. And so he just couldn't brake properly because the inters were just melting from that too high of a temperature. And so Stroll just went off. And so they had to pit him to change the tires and adjust his setup. Yeah. So at the end of FP3, then a much more competitive leaderboard. It was Verstappen in P1, Perez in P2, two tenths back on his teammate. Hamilton in third, Sainz fourth, Alonso fifth, Russell sixth, Leclerc seventh, Bottas eighth, Sonoda ninth, and Norris in tenth, sneaking that McLaren up there. Mm-hmm. So now going on to qualifying, and the first thing we saw when um when Fernando Alonso started his first lap, the same corner where Sargent had his crash, turn fourteen, Alonso had lost the rear, and so he had to counter, and he went into the gravel, but he was able to save his car. But yeah. um, it caused major damage to his floor. Well, not major, but um, substantial damage. And so they had to, like, tape it up. And so he lost definitely a bit of performance. Yeah. So that would hamper his qualifying. And then because of the rain in between uh, FP3 and qualifying, a lot of the track was still wet. And one place that was really wet was turn 11. And so we saw almost all the drivers have a scare at turn 11, both Alpha Tauris and George Russell. As well as Valtteri Bottas too, just when you're there trying to pick up the power there, they just get caught out there and then they, um, it just almost like you turn traction control off and you're just like full wheel spinning but they, and they, they just they lost. Yeah, control. they do have it traction control off, but they just went off and Bottas beached it in the gravel, but luckily he was able to keep going. And we also saw Alex Albon lose the rear of his car at the same place Stroll did in FP3. He just went um brake too late and locked the rear axles. But luckily, he was able to keep going. Yeah. And Nick DeFries as well. On his second run, he made the same exact mistake in the same corner as well. There was still a patch of water on that section of the track, yeah. but still, it was not at all what he wanted. Yeah, so towards the end of Q1 then, the track was starting to ramp up and we saw Hulkenberg go quickest ahead of Pierre Gasly. So as the drivers came to cross the line then, um, Charles Leclerc, he only went up into P11. And Leclerc was struggling a lot. Leclerc was struggling a lot, yeah. So um, then we saw Sonoda go up to P7, then Ocon go up to P2. So at the moment it was Hulkenberg, Ocon and Gasly. It's just Q1, but still that was definitely a grid that I wanted to see. Um, but then we saw Norris pip um, Nico Hulkenberg by a tenth. Then Russell went up to P2. Then Hamilton out of nowhere by three tenths of a second went quickest overall. Sainz went P4. And Leclerc was now down in the relegation zone. 
and Perez had just escaped in P15th after Joe Yu went up into P10. So the five that we lost from Q1 were Logan Sargent, Charles Leclerc, Alex Albon, Kevin Magnussen, and Valtteri Bottas. But also Pierre Gasly would be investigated after yeah. for impeding Max Verstappen. And we saw Alonso on the radio. He was saying that Alpine definitely needs to be penalized. That should be three places because yeah. he massively impeded the Red Bull. That was yeah. funny from Alonso. Yeah, but the big shock was um, Charles Leclerc. He got out in Q1. Disappointing. That's such a disappointment for him and Ferrari after they brought the new upgrades as well. So just like he was having problems with his suspension and it just was not working out for him at all. He said there was something though fundamentally wrong that changed after Q, um, FP3. And so yeah. it was really strange for Ferrari. They would have to take apart that car overnight so and start from the yeah. pit lane as to see whether they could fix that issue or not. Yeah. So then into Q2 then with two minutes to go, we saw Sergio Perez go straight on into the gravel there on his what was supposed to be his final run of the session and so he lost out on that run massively then we saw the hass of nico hulkenberg go p4 again hulkenberg was just flying around this barcelona circuit lando norris then went up to p2 by one one hundredth of a second behind max verstappen also blitzed the final sector so he went purple in the final sector then Joe Guan Yu stayed in P11, so his qualifying was done. Then Fernando Alonso crossed the line and went up into P8. And then Oscar Piastri went up to P6. So both McLarens were showing a lot of pace in qualifying. And Sergio Perez, on his very last run, he just did not have the tire wear left. And he um, lost out on Q3 by five one hundredths of a second and so did surprisingly george russell as well so two major surprises russell in the upgraded mercedes and sergio Perez in the red bull both of them out it was really a big surprise i mean russell was a surprise because that was just pure pace but then Perez, like he crashed so yeah but the thing about russell was that on he had an incident with lewis hamilton just before the final run and so a hamilton like I guess Russell did not see him and Hamilton tried to pass Russell into turn one and they ended up making contact and Hamilton's front wing broke off. But that was that was very interesting. And I saw what Nico Rosberg had to say about it. He said that, yes, Russell should apologize, but Hamilton should also have to apologize because if Hamilton did go ahead and get in front of Russell, then he had just ruined Russell's lap because that would have then... Russell would have had nowhere to go and then he would just been stuck in the dirty air behind Lewis Hamilton. So that was a really interesting point from Rosberg. Yeah, but it was because um Hamilton thought Hamilton was trying to pick up the slipstream from the Ferrari ahead, but Russell was also trying to do that. And then I guess Hamilton yeah. thought that Russell had probably backed off on his lap or something. Yeah. And so it was just miscommunication and so Mercedes would work to debrief that. Yeah, so the five that we lost from Q2 were Yuki Sonoda, Nick DeFries, Joe Guan Yu, George Russell, and Sergio Perez. Really surprising. Then going on now to Q3, Verstappen again just lighting up the timing sheets, going fastest, ahead of surprisingly Esteban Ocon, who was P2. But then again, we hadn't seen the real challengers. And when they showed up, Sainz could only go behind Ocon in P3. And then Norris went up to P2 
which yeah. was really um a big surprise for that McLaren, and so that was really nice to see. Although it was still a um a second and three tenths off Verstappen's pace, so yeah. it just showed Verstappen was in another league of his own right yeah. now. And Hamilton went up into P two, but that was still nine tenths off Verstappen. Then Hulkenberg went up into P three, just barely behind um Hamilton. Alonso also could not beat Hulkenberg. Then we saw Sainz go into P two, five tenths behind Verstappen, so that was getting more competitive. Stroll then in the very final runs, Stroll went up to P three, Ocon then went up to P four, then Norris out of nowhere went up into P three. And then Hamilton and Verstappen were waiting to complete their runs. Piastri could only manage P10. So that was he was going to start P10. Lewis Hamilton went up then to P5. That was a really good qualifying from him. And Max Verstappen didn't need to improve anymore because he had bagged pole position in Spain again. Yep, and Gasly also P4 in his Alpine. So that would be a um really good um start for him. As also we thought, yeah. because we found out later that Gasly would get a six-place grid penalty for two impedings in yeah. um, qualifying total, so he would start P10, and then after that we saw Logan Sargent and Charles Leclerc start from the pit lane. After yeah. both of them decided we're on the back row of the grid, might as well take the car apart yeah. and see if we can maximize the setup so we can have a better race. Yeah. So the starting grid then in the top ten would look Max Verstappen in pole, Sainz P two, Norris P three, Hamilton P four, Stroll P five, Ocon sixth, Hulkenberg seventh, Alonso eighth, Piastri ninth, and then Pierre Gasly in tenth. So moving on into the race then at lights out, we saw a good start from Carlos Sainz who looked like he was going to be challenging Max Verstappen, but Verstappen just had that edge starting from pole position, and he went ahead. But Sainz then used the slipstream to try to go to the outside and try to go around the outside of Verstappen. But Verstappen broke that fraction later, and he was able to keep that position by forcing Sainz wide. And then Hamilton and Norris, we saw, meanwhile, um, come close together and make some contact with each other. And we saw some bodywork fly off, and Norris started dropping through the field. Yeah, Norris got that um body damage he um or his front wing damage. It was a bit too ambitious from the young Brit. But then again, Hamilton had to slam on the brakes, so it was just a lap one incident, and that caught Norris out aware. Yeah. Um, maybe I yeah, Norris shouldn't have stuck his nose in there. But then again, hard to judge when you're going at such high speeds, and so that was a real shame for Lando Norris, who would have to come into the pits at the end of the lap yeah. one, and that completely ruined his race. Yeah, so then as we saw then the run up towards after that very, very long right-hander, um, Verstappen was in the lead from Sainz, then Hamilton was in P3, then Alonso or Stroll was challenging Lewis Hamilton, trying to go around the outside. Then we saw Ocon go down the inside of Norris, so Norris was definitely starting to struggle. And then out of nowhere, we saw Stroll make a very good move down the inside of Hamilton and move up into P3. But then at the end of lap one, we saw Lando Norris come into the pits and make that pit stop to change his front wing because of that lap one damage. Yep. On moving on to lap six, then we saw Sergio Perez become a man on a mission, trying yeah. to um chase down those podium spots after starting P11, and he disposed of Haas's Nico Hulkenberg on lap six. Yeah. So that would be really crucial for him as he tried to um 
make his way up through the field. He would have to overtake cars one um, by one, lap after lap. And then moving on to lap seven, also into turn one, we saw George Russell get ahead of Fernando Alonso, who yeah. seemed to be struggling quite a bit. So this was the first race of the season where we've seen Alonso like look like he was struggling a lot, just genuinely with his car. And so that was pretty disappointing to see. But not for Russell, because Russell had gained so many positions after lap one that he was flying. He cut the, um, he yes. sort of cut the track, but he went around the bollards properly and rejoined as the FIA had instructed him to do so. And so he, there was nothing wrong with what he did. And so it was really smart positioning of his car there from Russell. Yeah, pretty much like it reminded me a lot of what we've seen at the Russian Grand Prix, I think last time we were there, when Alonso just on the formation lap was testing how quickly he could go through the ballards. And then lap one, he just went straight through the ballard there and made up a couple of places. It reminded me a lot about that. That was funny to see. But on lap eight, then we saw Lewis Hamilton get past um, the Aston Martin of Lance Stroll, who had got him back during, during lap one, and now Hamilton had finally got past. And we also saw Lando Norris get ahead of um, Nico Hulkenberg, who seemed to be struggling quite a bit now. Yeah, it was Oscar Piastri who got past, I think it was. Oh, yeah, it was Piastri. Then on lap nine, we saw Sergio Perez then gaining on the half of Joe Guan Yu, and he went around the outside of the Alfa Romeo and then moved up into another place. Lap 11, then we saw another move into turn one. It was this time George Russell who got past Esteban Ocon. So definitely a lot more overtakes this year and a lot into turn one. It's because of those two fast right-handers now to end the lap yeah. that um, brings cars so much closer in onto this front straight. And speaking of closer, we saw four cars separated by um, a tenth of a second on lap 14. We saw... Um, it was the Haas, Alfa Romeo, and Alfa Tauri, so Sonoda, trying to get ahead of Hulkenberg after yeah. Ocon had got ahead of Hulkenberg. Because and, of the pit stops. Yeah, yeah, and it was pit stops. And so Joe Guan Yu then was arriving on the scene. And so we were trying to um, make out who was going to get out ahead because some cars had cold tires, some cars had hot tires. Yeah. So it was nice racing, definitely. Yeah, and so we saw um, Ocon then went flying ahead after Hulkenberg was holding up Joe Guan Yu, which allowed then um, Yuki Sonoda to go around the outside, but then Sonoda went pretty wide, which allowed Joe to go back down the inside, and then Sonoda then went again around the outside. So a really good move from Yuki Sonoda to keep those places. Then onto lap 21, we saw Fernando Alonso making his way through the field, and he got ahead of Joe Guan Yu into turn one. And then we also saw Oscar Piastri get past the hash of Nico Hulkenberg as well. So he was also flying. Then two laps later on lap 23, we saw Ocon, or we saw Pierre Gasly go around the outside of Nick de Vries into turn one. And then he set his sights then on the hash that was in front of him of Kevin Magnussen. Whoever paid for the um, grandstands at turn one, two, and three really yeah. got their money's worth this weekend. So many overtakes into turn one. And another overtake, we would see Leclerc, who was struggling to fight back through the field, finally get past the Alpha Tauri of Nick DeFries and while we saw that we saw Max Verstappen come into the pit lane yeah. and while all of this was going on mind you Verstappen was flying out in front he was a pit stop already ahead when he made his pit stop so yeah. he was um, on course to lead every single lap of this race yep then on lap 31 we saw Sergio Perez get past Fernando Alonso into turn one so Alonso was seeming to struggle but 
Not really, because it's just a much better Red Bull car. And then we saw also Sergio Perez get past Yuki Sonoda into turn one. Then he saw Sergio Perez get back in, get past his former teammate Esteban Ocon into turn one on lap 34. Yeah, and before that, we also saw Lewis Hamilton get past Carlos Sainz yeah. to go back up into second place. So that was an important move from Hamilton. Yeah. Mercedes is having really good race pace, it seems like. After their okay qualifying pace, now it, their race pace seems to be a lot better. Yeah, it was definitely a lot better. So then moving on to lap 35, then a really good battle between Sainz and Russell. Sainz, at the last moment, moved to defend Russell, but Russell just went down the inside on the medium tires, fresher medium tires, and he got past Carlos Sainz and moved up into the podium positions. So he dislodged Sainz from a, uh, from a home podium. And behind that, on lap 40, we also saw Esteban Ocon get ahead of Yuki Sonoda. Yeah. And then we saw Kevin Magnussen get ahead of, get ahead of Valtteri Bottas. So yeah. it was just overtaking happening everywhere at the same time on this track. Yeah. And next lap, we also saw Fernando Alonso get past Joe Guanyu in his Alfa Romeo. So really good move from Fernando Alonso. Then on the very next lap, he went and got past Yuki Sonoda into turn one again. So Alonso had moved himself up into P8 and chasing down Esteban Ocon. On lap 51, though, we saw Sergio Perez come into the pit lane then and make another pit stop. I think his second pit stop of the race so far. And he moved in onto the soft compound of tires to try to chase the guys ahead of him. And it would be an important... and. It would be an important pit stop because Perez would be um, instructed to push flat out yeah. to the end of this race so that he could chase down that podium spot. But meanwhile, while we saw Perez pitting, we saw Alonso trying to get past his former teammate Esteban Ocon. And Ocon aggressively and very lately moving to the um, extreme right. Yeah. To, it looked like push Alonso to the far uh, right of the track. And Alonso using his quick reflexes just avoided contact and collision. But again, Ocon just looking like he wants to kill Alonso, yeah. even now when they're out of the same team. Just absolutely, I think that's just pretty dangerous from Ocon yeah. at this point. So then, but during this whole time, the clouds were getting a lot darker and grayer. Mm -hmm. So the teams were watching out for rain, but it, the rain wouldn't come eventually. And lap 53, we saw Sergio Perez get past Carlos Sainz and move up into P4. And then lap 56, in the back, further down the field, we saw Joe Guanyu and Yuki Sonoda have some really good racing. As then it looked like Joe was going to go around the outside. But then Sonoda forced him off the track. And Joe went through the bollards. And he had to come back and rejoin the track just behind the Alpha Tauri. And I think that was not a good... Sonoda got penalized for that. But I don't think that was a good call from the FIA. Because there was no touching. Yeah. Sonoda did leave a car's wet. Joe chose to... Um, go off the track and so i don't think sonoda should have been penalized for yeah. that it was a real shame for the japanese driver yeah he would lose his points paying position because of that penalty it was really disappointing but um also another funny thing that happened in the race was that as they were looking for rain um russell pointed out oh, rain yeah but then later on he just realized that it was his visor that had been um wet from his sweat so it was just Russell sweating a lot because his hair got loose from underneath yeah. his balaclava. And so that was just funny from Russell. Yeah. So then after that, out in front, it was a very comfortable win for Max Verstappen, who led every single lap of the race. 
he um, took pole and he had the fastest lap as well. And Max Verstappen won the Spanish Grand Prix once again for Red Bull. And it was a very comfortable Sunday for himself. Then Lewis Hamilton came home in second place and a very good podium for Mercedes. And it was not just Hamilton, it was a double double podium for Mercedes. Really as George Russell also came home in third place to claim a podium for him. And that was a really good performance from the Silver Arrows. Yep, and it would give them a lot of confidence going into the next um, races of the season. Behind Russell, Perez came forth, getting close to Russell, but not quite close enough. And then um, that allowed Verstappen to extend his championship lead a lot. Yeah. Then Sainz came fifth in a decent race for home race for him and Ferrari. Then came the two Aston Martins. But it was Stroll ahead of Alonso. Yeah. So Stroll, at ironically, at Alonso's home race, Stroll would beat Alonso. Alonso came home seventh, but he didn't mind. Yeah. He was willing to play the team game. He knew they were slow that weekend, so he wouldn't complain about it. Esteban Ocon came home in eighth after his podium in Monaco. Joe Guan Yu came home ninth, and then Pierre Gasly brought home another point for Alpine in tenth. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening to this episode of our podcast and be sure to join us next time as we take a look at the 2023 Canadian Grand Prix. Thank you.